0: Hey, Matt West here, jumping in before the show to tell you how this show is going to be a very special edition, something a little different than you're used to, because I am proud to announce the very first Automotive ADHD guest host. I know, you you have the fortune of not having to listen to me for a little bit. You get a little bit of a break from me, probably a well-deserved break from me, but uh, no. So uh listener of the show, Colin Schroem. Uh, sent this to me, completely to my surprise, and uh, I didn't ask him to do this or anything. He did this on his own volition, so you can't say I bribed him into doing it or anything, And uh, but he decided to do his own version of the show and sent it to me, and I thought it was quite good, and I'm really excited to be able to present to you Colin's version of the show. Now, I added a little bit of spice in some of the music beds and stuff, but you know what, Colin, I really appreciate you sending this and I'm truly flattered. Thank you for doing that. So here we go. Let's roll Colin's version of the Automotive ADHD Show.
1: From Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the home of horse and buggies and the Amish, this is Colin Schrum here with the Automotive ADHD Show. Now, um, know what you're thinking. This does not sound like Matt West because it's not Matt West. Matt West is a busy guy doing his um, and he just does a show for us out of the kindness of his heart. Doesn't really get paid or anything. And I volunteered to fill in for a show. So my name is Colin Shrub. I have had a lot of cars. I got into the car kick really early for mine, go-karts, dirt bikes, stuff like that From, from a young age. We live in a neighborhood, so I really haven't had like Too much opportunities to be ripping around, but I have pissed off our neighbors enough. I have currently, I have a 2000 Subaru Legacy Outback, which is 175,000 miles. Been doing a lot of work to it. Got it for $1,000. It's just a daily driver while I work on my actual interesting truck, a 2003 Chevrolet S10 ZR2. Now, this truck has 138,000 miles on it. It was pretty clean before I ruined it by slamming it into all of the trees in Pennsylvania. It now has pinstripes all the way down the side, but that's perfectly fine. It is a ZR2 five-speed manual with a 4.3 liter V6. I take it mudding pretty often. I blew the synchros at a second gear, which you, which uh, listeners may have heard on one of the episodes as like a sound that I submitted. And now I can't I use it tow a lot and it makes it really difficult to tow when shifting into second gear, it just grinds really badly. And that's if it even goes into that gear at all. I can't really downshift into it, but you know what? I got a hundred bucks. That's worth it. Uh, My future plans for it are to solid axle swap the front end and get rid of the original independent front suspension that it came with because I am on my third set of idler and pitman arms for the truck. Since I bought it a year ago, I want to put, um, I want to put a Chevy diesel in it, not a Duramax, a 350 diesel, um, 350 diesel into it, which probably won't happen. I'll probably just keep the stock 4.3 and the stock NV 3500, which is what I blew up. Um, Speaking of the 350 diesel, that gets me into what I'm going to talk about today. Have you ever just been thinking like the ultimate daily driver is a wagon diesel manual rear wheel drive because great fuel economy. Wagons are cool. You cannot change my mind about this. Wagons are cool. They're cool cars. They're practical. You can fit your family. You can fit everything that you need. The dog, whatever you can fit them all into a wagon. Diesels get great fuel economy and let you roll coal wherever you want. And, like, there are none of those around in, like, the United States. And that's weird, right? So today I will be giving you a lesson on why there are no diesels in the United States of America. In the early uh, 80s, late 70s, with the fuel crisis coming down, Chevy had to come up with a way to, like curb fuel consumption and they were not about to change their big gas v8s well i guess just the big v8s because that is what chevy does so what they decided to do is turn their gas engine into a diesel a 350 diesel the first generation diesels were absolutely horrible engines with many issues they did not have enough um studs for the cylinder heads so it would lift up and blow head gaskets all the time and then they decided to turn, a few later, few years later, they decided to turn that same engine into a 4.3 liter V6 diesel engine. And that had the same issue with lifting the heads and blowing out um, head studs. Uh, no, blowing out head gaskets. And Chevy V8s, the early small blocks, are already known for that. Now let's try raising the compression a ridiculous amount and see how that works out. So within a few years, uh, Chevy had... of the diesel of the cars on the road being diesel, which was insane. And now there are none left because everyone did not like them. So they were really bad, really unreliable. Then um, about 1985, Chevy fixed this with coming out with the DX block, which had a few more um, head studs on it and prevented that issue. But at this point, consumers already had a bad taste in their mouth and there were no more diesels being sold. Like, Just no one would buy them, even though they were incredibly reliable 50-mile-per-gallon beasts, including the big Cadillac Eldorados that came with that engine. Just they'd get like 40 miles per gallon. They'd make like 250-pound feet. They were great cars, but no one wanted them because they had a sour taste in their mouth after the first early-generation Chevy diesels. So if you ever wondered, why don't we have diesels in the United States of America, blame Chevy. That's why it's really sad because i love diesels and speaking of diesels for a while the chevy colorado zr2 diesel was one of the only like good fuel efficient uh modern trucks that came with a diesel like a mid-sized truck that you could tow up to seven thousand two hundred pounds with that was a great car everyone loved them but like everyone loved them because there was no competition but now matt's favorite brand toyota is coming out with the hilux again and they are making a 2.8-liter diesel version of it. And they also have an off-road version. The off-road version extends the track width, moves the front struts forward a little bit for some more off-road capabilities. Of course, it's going to have bigger tires. Of course, it's going to have plastic like cladding on it. Looks like a great truck. And I'm excited for some competition in this division that's been primarily owned by Chevy because competition yields great results. I cannot wait for this to happen. Maybe Matt will get to review one one day, but they look like great trucks, and the um, Chevy Colorado is a great truck, but could use some competition. And now for how things work with an engineer.
0: Transmissions,
1: shift. And that was how things work with an engineer. For more of how things work, go to patreon.com slash throttle warrior. And now I'm going to get back to the cars that I have owned. I'm going to switch from what I was talking about to uh, the cars that I have owned. My first car was a 2005 Subaru Legacy, I'm Subaru Impreza 2.5 RS. I had it for about a year, year and a half. I did everything in that car, put like 12,000 miles on it in that time, which is crazy. Spent a lot of time working on it, doing some questionable car audio stuff that left the electronics in that car wounded. I have learned since then, but that was not my greatest moment. Um, I decided to sell it when I started to measure the oil consumption in quarts per mile. Driving two and a half hours, I had to add two quarts of oil to it. we got to love those boxer engines. Um, But it was a very great, reliable car, probably the most reliable car I've ever had. And that I bought for 1300, did some body work, did some paint work on it, sold it for four and a half thousand. So then from that car, I decided to buy my Chevy S10. My first one, the ZR2, the white one. Um, That was my first truck and I still have that. That was close to two years ago. Great truck. I beat the heck out of it. I break stuff. I just destroy everything on it. I use it how it's supposed to be meant to be used. I tow with it, I throw wood in the back, I send it down trails, I do intermediate trails with it. It had 32s when I did that, but now I'm off to 33s, which are really showing the front end. Um, and then, so I bought that for four and a half thousand, pretty good deal. Did some, um, yeah, I welded a bumper for it, put 33s on it, lifted it. It's a great truck. So then, while I had that truck, that was my only car, I decided to buy a 1986 Chevy S10 with a 305 V8 in it. That was a really, really bad purchase. It had a rebuilt V8 in it and a 700 R4. It was a great sounding V8 that was super loud, but the frame had multiple holes in it everywhere. It kept on having issues that I didn't realize. So I sold that to someone for more than I bought it for, and they're rebuilding a 39 Chevy with that which is cool um yeah so then after that i sold that and with that money i bought a like 1983 uh suzuki dr DMZ 252 stroke that was a fast bike bought that for 500 did some work on it sold it for Forty-seven fifty, and with that money, I bought the two thousand Subaru Legacy that I'm driving now. That I bought, uh did a lot of body work to it. Did some subframe repair. It, I've got wheel bearings coming for it. I've got struts in the back. It still needs brake pads, calipers, and rotors because one is sticking somewhere, and I'm hoping that's what the issue is. And I'm just going to keep that as hundred seventy-eight thousand miles on it. Going to keep it for a while and. Looking to sell that in a bit and buy a Chevy diesel truck. Um, believe it or not, I like diesels. But that's been reliable car, five-speed manual. Really, just really fun. Corner carver. Do some rally cross with it. Just fun, pretty dependable car. Um, and I think that's really it. That's all I really have to talk about. Uh, thank you, Mr. Matt West, for, um, for just giving me this opportunity again. what's that sound oh that's the sound of my automotive adhd key that's jingling around it's really high quality it's embroidered it has a metal like handle it's really convenient to pull out of my tight jean pockets especially when i'm laying on the ground and need to change an airpod because it died because i've been out for two and a half hours how's it already dark oh my goodness i need to go inside and text people back or else i'm gonna get my butt kicked yeah it's really great for pulling it out of my pocket when that happens um high quality thing and i got a 25 dollars autism gift card with it which went to like a paint correction kit for the truck great quality item i would highly highly recommend it and if you submit your car sounds through the automotive ADHD facebook page you can win one and a 25 five dollar gift card of your choice will to a parts store of your choice and just high quality. I would recommend it.
0: And uh, he could always use more car sounds. Hey, Matt West here, chiming in at the end of Colin's edition of the automotive ADHD show. And Colin, I am so thankful and flattered that you took time out of your day to go ahead and uh, make that. And especially without, you know, compensation in any monetary sense, no bribes, Nothing. So I really do appreciate that. And I also enjoyed the uh review there at the end of the automotive ADHD keychain. It is both practical in a sense that it sticks to your keys and you, you can grab your keys with it and also, you know tells people what sort of podcast you like to listen to so there you go thank you again colin definitely uh i'm definitely worried about my job security here at this point so uh yeah we'll (laughs) we'll see about that but anyway uh now we'll we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming this is a bonus episode so we'll have another regular episode here coming out uh at the uh, beginning of next week so stick around for that